Uh, always had a lot of drive, but trust me, I'm still a rider. This shit ain't overnight like my last sexual encounter. Standing out from the crowd, cause jealousy fill you cowards. Send my enemies flowers, the flow is murder, I got it. Genocide in the projects, add them up, I divide them. Empty this magazine if niggas ain't really vibing. Nigga, chill with all that rapper shit. I play the field, no wonder they trying to cap a nick. I'm only dropping classic shit. Better guard your chest, it's like you pledging allegiance. Been busting on you pussies, it's like my days as a fetus. Sorry, mama. But thanks, the game needed a genius Made nigga, send them boys through it The sweeper, the flow ugly Can't touch me like Floyd defense The hoes love me, more than packed clubs on the weekend Nights like this, I wish Raindrops would fall Still selling cane, got all but want more The other form of drug abuse Can't be too sure, I guess I got my wish It's raining cats and dogs What's up, what's up, what's good with it, everybody? We are back again for another episode of the Pick and Roll Podcast. It's been a little minute, man. I'm glad to be back. Sam, what's good? What's good, world? And I feel like we it's been a little while since we got to talk to our audience, so we got a lot to touch on, man. And uh, within that span of us having our last episode and this current episode... Some bullshit happened. <laughs> we... We're able to crown a new NBA champion, man. Toronto was able to do what not many other teams have been able to do, and that is dethrone the Warriors. Now, we're, we're going to go ahead and recap the finals, man. We, we, we have to, even though it's been quite some time since the finals have been played. We still got to recap it, man, and Believe last time we talked was right after the KD injury, right? It was was it right before Game Six? What KD? Yeah, injury? yeah. The injury happened in what Game, game Five? What? No, nah, Game was, Four. Yeah. No, it was Game Five. It was Game yeah, Five. KD, yeah, because they 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 ended up winning that they game. Won. Yeah, yeah. Game Six was Clay getting hurt. Yeah, so we talked about Game Five. So now, I mean, the only thing that's left is for us to talk about Game Six, man. And that was a lot that unfolded in that game as well. We we thought the KD injury was severe. Come to find out, the injury bug wasn't finished hitting Golden State, man. Clay ended up getting hurt too, man. He tore his ACL, which was crazy because Clay was going. Bonkers. He still ended as the uh the leading scorer. Leading scorer in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, he was going crazy. He was he had 30. Well, after those two free throws, he had 30. Yeah, so I mean that just for those who didn't watch, which I'm pretty sure everybody did, Clay was he was out of his mind, man. He was eight for twelve, four for six from three, ended the game with 30, and as I said, he had more points than anybody else that stepped on that court and Man, to to go along with that, Steph added 21. Uh, Iggy had his best game of the series. He had 22, and he was hitting some crucial buckets down the stretch. But it just seemed that Toronto was too much, man. And the person that, in particular, who happened to be too much was Fred Van Vliet, the guy that we've been talking about game in, game out throughout this series. And... It was crazy to watch how that game unfolded, man. Down the stretch, they did not run the offense through Kawhi. They were running the offense through Van Vliet on in pick and roll and making him make the decision. And that, to me, obviously it's the mark of good coaching because if you got the hot hand, 
you want him to be the one taking the shots. But it's just crazy. Have you ever seen, I guess, a game of this magnitude where the team, one team decides to not go through their star player? Nah, not that I can think of, especially not that much down the stretch. You might see it a possession or two because of maybe like a a matchup that they like, but I've, I've never really seen it that consistently. He hit he hit three huge threes in that fourth quarter of that game six. Yes. Was that game six? Yeah. It was game six. It was. Yeah. Okay. It was it was down the stretch because Golden State was doing everything they could just to try to to make sure that that game that didn't end the series, which it obviously turned out to do. But man, it was it, it was crazy to watch because this is a guy who, on the biggest stage that he's ever going to play on, th- I mean, it's crazy. Like, this is a guy who wasn't even drafted. This is a guy who went to the G League. This is a guy that was eventually called up to the G League. And now you are the focal point down the stretch in the NBA Finals to bring your team their first ever championship. Like, that is huge for Van Vliet. But as far as the game is concerned, what was your synopsis on the game, man? What, how did you how did you uh, feel about the way that things happened? I think that, I mean, I, I think that if Clay doesn't go down, I think we're we're looking at a different series. I think the the way that the game was going, I, I think Golden State definitely would have uh, would have won that game if Clay didn't get hurt. But I mean. Steph, I, I don't I don't know. Go ahead. You gotta be critical. I mean You gotta be critical of Steph's play. Yeah, that 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 last game I I, I wasn't very impressed, but I, I think that he was trying to pace himself at the beginning of the game, maybe. At least that's that's what I it seemed at first, and I was waiting on him to get it going down the stretch. But I, I don't know if like when Clay went down, if like he just faced out or what, but I, I don't know who that dude was at the end <laughs> of that game six. But I, I'm not going to be too critical because, like I said, I, I don't I don't know where his mind was. He could have been in a different place. The series was already basically – well, to most people, the series was over, and that that's a rare time in, in a Hooper's um, career where you might, you might surrender to – the the white flag, watch, watching your guy go down like that, and you already in the back of your mind, you already like this shit almost over anyway. I think I don't know if that's exactly what he did, but it, it, I don't know. It's what it seemed like to me. If like that's he what he did, out. if that is what he did, I saw the same thing. I saw that Steph Curry was not himself, but if he did space out down the stretch, that's. That's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess, for lack of a better word, that's some bullshit. Seeing as you are the leader of this team, injuries are going to happen. Granted, injuries of this magnitude rarely happen. You don't lose the best player on that team and then turn around and lose another star player on that team. That it just doesn't happen in and, that. And fashion. the role players was dropping too, because I mean, a report came out that that Steph actually punched a uh, a wall or a board or something in the uh locker room after the game and it didn't have anything to do with them actually losing the game. Like they 
the guys heard talking. I don't know if it was a, a agent or like a trainer or somebody, but he was getting interviewed and he was just talking about how Steph was basically saying like he he was trying to figure out why he ain't hurt. Everybody else dropping and he was like shit. Like he said, he was kind of feeling a little guilty. Like he she felt like he should have been getting hurt because he the one that already got his big contract. Clay ain't been paid. KD ain't. I mean, we know they still gonna get their money, but I mean, he was just kind of feeling like it should have been him since he just signed his extension. I definitely understand that from a teammate standpoint, and being the guy that Steph is, he's the ultimate teammate. I I wouldn't doubt not one bit that him punching that wall had everything to do with him finding out that Clay got his tore his ACL. Because obviously, Clay, we give Clay the ultimate respect. This is a guy who walked into the locker room after the injury and found out that if I go to the locker room and don't shoot these free throws, there's a possibility that I can't come back in the game. He walked back to the court, shot those two free throws, and in doing so, also told Steve Kerr, give me a two- or three-minute rest and put me back in the game. He's saying all of this with the torn ACL. On top of that, he's also doing a bunch of jumping exercises in the back, which to me may have may have been more detrimental. It may have been a situation to where his ACL was not fully torn when he walked back to the court or when he shot the free throws and going in the back and doing jumping exercises. Obviously, if you have a partially torn ACL or anything of that nature, that's going to do a lot of damage. And that could have been the case. But even so, I give him the ultimate respect. This is a guy who wanted to leave it all on the court, which he did. But he still wanted to go out there and fight with his team. Now, back to Steph. I understand being upset about your teammates getting injured. I understand about you looking at it from like a damn why is it not me standpoint. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, it is your job to pick up the troops that you have with you and make sure that you lead them. Even if you guys lose that game, your teammates should be looking at you at the end of that game like, damn, KD went down, Clay went down, Steph went out there and gave it his all at the end. He gave it everything he had. Even though we came up short, that's our leader, man. That's still our guy. Granted, the teammates are still going to feel that way about Steph because of who he is. But me, as a spectator, I expected a lot more out of Steph down that stretch. And I'm not giving him that pass of, damn, he probably checked out because of the injuries or he checked out because he knew the series was probably over. I'm nah. not hearing none of that. I ain't trying to give him a pass. I'm just that's saying. what it sounds like. Nah. And I that's what the listeners going to be saying. Oh, Sam giving him a pass. Oh, Just because that's his because, nigga. Nah. I just keep it 100. Even if this wasn't the Warriors – I mean, we sit here and we praised the Warriors for doing something that ain't been done since the, uh, what was it, the 60s Celtics mm-hmm. and going, going to the finals for five straight times. And we talked about how hard all the analysts want to talk about how hard it is to do because of fatigue and injuries and all this and all that. And then when the Warriors show fatigue and injuries, then all of a sudden we try and give them a pass. Like, it's a reason why this shit don't get done. It's hard as hell to play into June that consistently as a team. Yeah, we saw LeBron do it for nine straight seasons, but he only had to worry about keeping himself in shape. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother animal to be trying to keep a group of guys together 
for five years and go to the finals that many times. And not only just go through the go to the finals, we're talking about a team that's going to the finals and probably the toughest Western Conference that we've seen in a long time. I'm talking everybody in that Western Conference that made the playoffs every year. If they were in the East, they had an opportunity to go to the finals. That's how that's how tough this West Western Conference has been throughout Golden State's journey. Yeah, so I'm not going to sit here and just be extra critical of the Warriors because they lost, especially since this is something that a lot of people expected to happen before they even made it to the finals for the fifth time. People thought that this was this was going to catch up to them before they made it. At least they at least they got to make it to the fifth straight final before everything all went to the shit and fell apart. But this is when people talk about how hard it is to go to five straight finals. This is the reason why. Like it's hard to play into June this consistently on for five straight years. It's hard to do. So I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and and be critical of the Warriors and beat them down when you could clearly see that that whole team was just straight. Just there was no gas left. Even if the Warriors did win game six, like what would have been left of them in game seven? I think if it would have went to game seven, obviously it depends on Clay. If Clay, if, if it plays out the same way that it did and the Warriors somehow find a way to win game six, I don't think game seven is close without Clay. At all, bro. If and then you got Steph, he basically he basically limping into the game. I mean, he not not literally limping, but yeah. I mean, figuratively limping into the game. Iggy limping into the game. You got what's the name getting cortisone shots before every game. Looney, like the guys was just it just mentally, I'm sure, fatigued and definitely physically fatigued. It just it was the end of the run. Uh, I, not saying they might not ever win it again, but as far as that five year championship. That five-year finals run, this, this is the end of it. And like I said, this is the reason why it's so hard to do, man. The guy's body just don't normally hold up to that. Yeah, man. There, there's something else I've been wanting to ask you, too, that I saw a whole bunch of after the series ended. And I know – I think I saw you make a post about it, and I just wanted to get get you to say this on wax because there's a lot of people that need to hear this. What do you make of everybody making these comparisons of now Steph see how LeBron feel? What is your take on that whole uh, ordeal? It's pure ignorant for one because like nobody thinks that Steph is better than LeBron James. So and, and nobody ever you never heard Steph say that he wanted to go lead a team on his own to win the chip by himself or or none of that type of shit. So whoever thinks that Steph thinks that he can do what LeBron did on the team on his own is dumb. Like, who – like, I don't know if it was just, like, people just – LeBron fans just wanting to talk about That's exactly who it was. But, like, bro, nobody – why – like, why are y'all doing this? Nobody holding Steph to Bron's level. Who thinks Steph Curry is LeBron James, bro? Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's – it, it was crazy to me for the simple fact that, like you said, people not – people not out here holding – step to the same light that they hold in LeBron to like it, it was crazy when I first saw it I'm like okay like that's obviously a Bron fan then I started to see it more often I'm like whoa do people really feel this way is this really <laughs> like the consensus is everybody in this state of mind because if so we need to backtrack a little bit and let's 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 take it some steps back to where <laughs> um Bronze called himself the GOAT, or even Bronze fan base has crowned him the GOAT. 
You don't hear Steph Curry fans running around talking about Steph Curry's the greatest to ever play. He's this, he's that. You, I have never in my life heard a Steph Curry fan say that he's the GOAT. For that reason, this whole comparison as to Steph seeing how LeBron feels, or we don't want to hear no excuses for Steph because we didn't hear no excuses when LeBron was doing it. That that lets me know where everybody stands mentally as far as basketball is concerned. You're delusional for one, and for two, are you that much of a LeBron fan to where you cannot really see how different these situations are? Once again, LeBron and LeBron fans hold him in that light to where they're like, he's the GOAT. He's better than Jordan. Okay, we understand that, and we're not knocking you for doing that. If that's your opinion, that's your your opinion. But in doing so, you cannot (laughs) pull Steph Curry into this because not even on ESPN, not anywhere, have have we ever seen the comparison – of Steph Curry to Jordan or Steph Curry to even LeBron or Steph the Curry closest, to go ahead. The, the closest, the closest I've seen to them comparing Steph to LeBron and Jordan was the 2015 year when he hit the 400 threes, his P he had the highest PER in NBA history. And, and that's, and, and that's, 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 yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's once again, that's a, a, a single season thing. We're not comparing yeah. them over <laughs> careers. Like, just like you said, we might hear, oh, is Steph Curry such and such year better than Jordan's greatest year or LeBron's greatest year? That does not mean that Steph Curry is a better player than those guys for a career. And I, I think that a lot of LeBron fans, they're starting to get flat out annoying to me. And they've yeah. been that way for a while. But, we talked about it a little bit man. last year on a couple old episodes. We just talked because last year they was on some shit too. Right. But this year with him not being in the playoffs, I think it, it ratcheted up a little bit. Like everybody just wanted to make sure we ain't forget about LeBron. Yeah. Like there ain't nobody forgetting about LeBron James, man. And that's – I feel like with me, I felt – like I said, I felt this way for a while now. I felt this way for at least a couple of years, maybe even three, maybe even four. I felt like LeBron fans are starting to become extremely annoying. And, excuse me, a lot of people were saying, oh, that's because you a Kobe fan. You know Kobe fans and LeBron fans don't get along. Yes, excuse me, that is true to a certain extent. But I'm also looking at this situation objectively. Like, I'm not looking at this as a Kobe fan. I'm looking at this as a reporter or as a sports connoisseur. Like, LeBron fans are starting to become more and more outlandish with their takes and with their comments. And it's, it, it, it upsets me. It's like things like how people, we talked about this last episode, how the KD and LeBron narrative to LeBron fans is flat out completely different. Like, no, it's nowhere near the same. KD weak for doing what he did. LeBron ain't do nothing like that. Like, he's not the same at all. The situation's not, there's nothing similar about it. Like, oh, okay. Like, once I heard that, I'm like, okay, these Bron fans is in another place mentally now. But, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on that, man. That that was something that really bugged me because I saw it, like, frequently. <laughs> like, I saw it all on my timeline on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm like, okay, like, this is ridiculous. But let's touch on Golden State's future, man. What does Golden State's future look like? For one, they've got a decision to make with Clay and KD. Um, you've been saying this for a while. I actually 
a few episodes back was on the the train of them signing KD and Clay going elsewhere. But the way that things have played out more, it seemed to be more like what you said, like they're loyal to Clay, and it's looking like that's what's going to happen. So, do you expect them to re-sign or to supermax Clay even with this injury? And what do you think the future of Golden State looks like without Clay next year? Because this torn ACL is going to keep him out all the way at least to All Star break, maybe even a little past a little past that. What's the future look like? You see these guys like making the playoffs next year. Like what what pieces do they need to go add in order to get them to where they need to be, knowing that they got a super max clay and then not have him play basically all year? What does the future look like for Golden State? I think Steph will be a real contender for MVP next year because he's gonna be out there dolo. Um so I mean, because I think that um, they definitely going to bring Clay back for sure, and I, I think KD will be back until he's back from injury. Then you seen that scenario where they trade him? No, I didn't. You didn't? No, no I seen a scenario to where they saying that um, to where everybody could get what they need. Um, KD resigns with the Warriors on a five year deal, does his rehab and whatnot with the training staff. Wait, 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 wait. Five year deal. Yeah, he how are they it. gonna have enough money to do that and supermax Clay? Because of the luxury tax and um, moving into that new um, new arena, they got they'll have with the money that they'll be making moving into the new arena, they'll have enough money to do it. And they was talking about um, signing KD for five years, let him do his little uh, do his little um, rehab or whatever with the Warriors, and then when he get back ready to go trading to wherever he wants to go and that way Golden State will get something back from him. KD will be able to get every last penny of his full money and he'll still get to go wherever it is that he wanted to end up. I so think that's people... extremely outlandish. I don't think that that's even cl- like even remotely close to happening. Well, it it, it came from it came from KD's camp. It was, it's been discussed, bro. Word. It's been discussed. I don't know about that. One. Like, I'm not saying like I don't know about it like being discussed. I'm just saying I don't know about that happening. I can't see that happening at all. I don't see why not. He'll get to do his rehab with the Warriors, and he'll be able to get his super max. He won't leave no money on the table because he's gonna sign with Golden State, so he'll get every last penny of that that he's supposed to get. Because you know, if he goes somewhere else, he's leaving money on the table. And that's well, that's true from his standpoint. But as far as these other teams are concerned. These teams will be building to try to fit with KD. Yeah, that's what I was about to so say. So I don't team, see the them only team that's going to lose out is going to be the team who gets that gets KD, KD. Like KD exactly. Knicks. But I mean, it's not like they're not going to try to get them. Yeah, but I think that they'll like I like like it's already been reported. They're going to try everything in their power to sign him this free agency, of as course. opposed to. That happening. So I think that the only reason that happens is obviously if KD makes that decision. And I'm not yeah. necessarily would, sure be, that he does that. It's it already would solely, it would be solely based on the fact that he could get all his money and that he could stay working with the same training staff. That that would be the only reason that he would do that. Yeah. I, I think it makes perfect sense. Cause I mean shit, he he'd be leaving like 40, 47 million dollars or some shit like that or close to 50 mil on the table if he signs somewhere else. I don't know State. about that though. Like I can't see how they would have the money to supermax both of those guys. What you mean? Clay can't get a supermax. Why can't he? 
Cause he ain't make that. Uh, oh, he, make all NBA. That. he he only qualified for for a, for a max. Game. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So that would max him and super max KD. Yeah, and then because I mean it'll put them in a the luxury tax, but they'll be able to cover that. And then I mean, should then after KD get back good to go, then it'd be time to ship him off. I guess next off season. Yeah, I think that's going to be hard to do. Like I said, for one, I don't think the team's going to want to trade their pieces that they're trying to build around Katie. Then on top of that, excuse me, I feel like the, I guess the teams that'll be getting Katie, or the team that will be getting Katie in the trade, they'll have to probably part ways with some pretty significant pieces in order to get his contract to fit with where they are as far as their cap is concerned. So I think it's going to be a lot that will have to be done that I just don't think will be done. That's not, I guess it's not outlandish when you really break it down, but I just don't, I don't know. Like I said, it's all, that only happens if KD's like, yeah, I really want that money. Like I need that extra money just to be, you know, sure. But think about it though, bro, coming off an Achilles and, and you got a chance to take the Supermax, I don't care how much confidence you got in yourself. I don't give a damn. Give me that money now. Flat okay. Out. I'm taking it now. I don't give a damn. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. Give me the money now if I got the chance to take it because I don't know for sure. Yes, I'm confident that I'm going to be back to who I am, but I'm not taking that chance when I don't need to. I could take this bread and I can still go to where I want to go. Give me that money, bro. Flat out. I mean, yeah, when you look at it from that standpoint, if you don't think that you're going to be back to yourself, then I'm saying even if you do, it's still a strong. Even if you are 100 percent confident, there's a huge possibility that you're not going to be the guy you think. We've got one guy, well, two guys who returned to their original level or close to it after Achilles injuries: Dominique Wilkins and Elton Brand, and nobody else. Everybody else was not themselves after that shit. So I mean, I. Even like I, I personally think KD will be cool, but at the same time, I still would take that bread. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't leave that shit on the table, bro. Okay, Not so off in the kill so if you're Golden State, are you really willing to do this? Because let's look at it from the other end of the, of the spectrum. What if KD does decide to resign for this supermax? What if KD does not get back to KD and these teams is like. I'm good. See, I'm not taking on all that money. So now you're going you state with him, all of that money that you can't divvy him up. On the floor. You don't put him on the floor. You don't got to. But what if the, what if you're seeing like in his rehab or it's it's taking longer than it's supposed to take? Like it's it's prolonging this. This is more money that's coming off of your that that is staying on your books year in year out because we already know he's not going to be back next year at all. So that's one year right there. Then you turn around. And the next year, what if KD has another? Okay, there's been a setback. He's not going to be able to come back until such and such time. Okay, there's another setback. He's not to come back such and such time. These teams that are watching are like, oh, that okay. There's a okay. There's another setback. Oh, yeah, you'll, okay, be, so. you'll be skeptical, but since you ain't seen him, you don't know for sure. But, but these, I don't think these teams, KD. these teams are not going to trade for a Kevin Durant that they have not seen touch the floor. I don't see what I, I I think you tripping. I, I think you will. I think that you'll sign a Kevin Durant and hope that your They'll staff him, can get it. But if this is a Kevin Durant that we if we see st- setbacks, if we see that he's not 
on the timetable to come back to when he's supposed to. I don't think these teams is going to be like, fuck it, bring him anyway. I don't I do. think that that's – A team like the Knicks, bro, you crazy. They just desperate to put asses in the seat. Okay, but you got to turn around and look at it like this, bro. Let's say that does happen and they do sign KD to that Supermax. You still got other players out here that are becoming free agents year in and year out. What if they turn around next year and Anthony Davis don't re-sign with the Lakers? Are you meaning to tell me the Knicks are going to be like, mm, nah, we're not going to chase AD because we think that we're going to be able to trade for KD. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to sign AD to the money that he's going to be looking for and turn around and grab KD for a trade and put that money on your books. Not, so it's, it's not going to happen. Bro, KD is significantly better than AD. Yeah, that's a fact. But we're talking about a Kevin Durant that we have not seen on the court for one. Post, that's a plus, post, though. Post Achilles injury. The, and then on top of that. Negative. I think that's a plus. I don't think that's, that's a plus for a court. team. I don't think that's a plus at not, all. Not for them. I'm, that's, talking about, I'm talking about for the Warriors. No, nah, I'm not talking KD. about for the Warriors. That's a I'm not pl- talking I, about for the Warriors at all. I'm talking about looking perspectives. Because in order for this to all work out, those other teams have to be on one accord with Golden State and KD. They have to feel like, okay, well, we're getting a piece here that's significant enough for us to be able to trade these other pieces away and still not only put asses in the seat, but also help us get close to being a championship contender. And I don't think teams are going to feel that way. Like I said, we don't even know what's going to happen this offseason. We don't know if – Kawhi decides I'm going to sign a one year and then come back next year when the money is going to bump up and become a full-time, like an unrestricted free agent then. Or we don't know if Anthony Davis is going to do that as well. Like there are a lot of guys out here that NBA teams are like, if I have the opportunity to take a Kevin Durant that I don't know for a fact is 100%, but I can take this guy 100%, I'm going to take him. Now we know that Kevin Durant is the better player when Kevin Durant is himself. But – these teams, I don't believe, are going to take a risk on a Kevin Durant if they have the opportunity to grab these other guys, not to mention they also have to trade away their pieces. I feel like it's one thing when you actually grab KD right now, you sit him, you let him do whatever he needs to do, but you're letting you're building up your core for when he comes back, okay, this is what he's going to be working with. I think teams will feel much more comfortable doing that as opposed to Building up a team, then having to trade away their pieces just to bring in KD. Because then you're back where you are right now. Like the situation that they're in at this very moment, teams are trying to sign Kevin Durant so they can build around Kevin Durant. If you wait a year or two to trade for Kevin Durant, you're trading away those pieces that you built around him. So basically you're moving backwards instead of moving forward. But you, so I don't see teams actually doing that. But you're looking at it as me saying that that's ideal for other teams. I'm not saying it's ideal but what I'm saying is, if that's what KD decides to do, then shit, you ain't got no other choice. And I don't see the Knicks backing out because they got a trade for him. I think they'll be putting together packages to bring KD to New York. I don't see. I don't think that that's wise on anybody's point or for anybody but Kevin Durant. I don't think that that's wise for the Warriors, and I don't think it'll be wise for any other teams in the NBA. I think the best bet is you get Kevin Durant in free agency this year. And if you're the Warriors, you don't supermax that guy unless that's what you want your future to be. If you want your future to be Kevin Durant, then that's fine. You let Clay walk. But you don't supermax a guy like KD and bring Clay back because the amount of money that Clay's going to bring, I still don't think that, that Golden State's going to have enough money to make both of those shape. I really don't. If they do that, 
You don't have to have <laughs> this next year. This next year that we see, oh uh, yeah, we're gonna see a low from this Warriors team because if they super max KD and max Clay, they're gonna have no money at all to go out and get pieces that they're gonna need to put around Steph next year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one next year. Period. It's gonna be tough anyway. It is, but you can also move in a in the scenario to where okay, we're letting KD walk, but we're gonna max Clay. So we know we're gonna have Clay back hopefully sometime this year, maybe later in the year. We can build a roster to where we can compete enough to where when Clay comes back, we're still in playoff contention. They don't have the money though. That's why they was talking about getting something for KD because. You know, you can you can bring guys back and and be over the salary cap if they already a part of your team. But they don't need to go out and get anybody expensive. They need to go out and get guys that fit that team. That's what Golden State's been good at doing anyway is getting good role players. Yeah, but I'm not saying I don't think that Golden State needs they they can't sign anybody besides veteran minimums. They can't sign anybody. So like even if they let KD go, they still can't sign anybody. That don't make sense to me at all. What? That they would only have money to soup to max Clay and not have money to bring anybody but a veteran minimum back. Yeah, because they already over the cap. They they they're spending money like they're re-signing guys that are already on their team, so they're they're going over the salary cap. I think they went over with Steph when they when they re-signed Steph. I think they put them over the cap. So even if KD leave, that's just money off the books. You closer to zero, but you still you're over you're over the cap, so you can't you can only bring in veteran minimums. You, they can't. They don't have much. They don't have a couple million dollars to where they can go get two or three five million dollar guys. They they don't have no money to spend. That's why they're exploring the option of trading KD to actually get a couple pieces back to be to have for the bench or have some rotation rotation pieces because they don't have a way to get any besides through the draft right now. I'm I'm looking at it and it don't say that, bro. What? How much cap space they got? Hold on. It's got it broken down into the years. 2019, 2020. Okay, so it depends. A lot of it depends on what Boogie's going to do as well. Because they ain't got no ducats. Boogie will be a free agent. Quinn Cook will be a free agent. Um, let's see who else. Obviously, Kevin Durant, but uh, Sean Livingston, I believe. Oh yeah, I think he might retire. Sean Livingston. It's a it's a lot of money that that'll be freed up with these guys leaving, and I think in return you go out and grab. Uh, I don't know what this thing is doing. You go out and grab pieces that can benefit your team. I think that they'll be fine if they decide to do that. Like you can't. I think I think your best bet if you're Golden State is, I, like I said, to bring Clay back. You definitely bring Clay back. Get that man his money. Then on top of that, you go out and get little role role players that hold on cap situation. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, it says that they'll be able to add. Another contract for nine nine million nine point two mil. Um, that could definitely be bust down into some role players for a year at at the least. Guys will, I'm pretty sure guys will want to go to Golden State in this aspect for the simple fact that 
Who you, you don't have for four point five though, bro? Ain't the ain't the veterans minimum like three point five? I have no idea what the veterans minimum is. That shit, it might be four. That's what I'm saying, bro. That that veterans minimum is somewhere around three to five million dollars. So that four, if you bust down nine in the two guys, then you getting guys barely above the vet man. Let me see. I don't know. This is way too much to read for our episode. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I I just like I said, I think their their best interest is to bring uh Clay back. Try to sign some guys. I don't know how much money they're gonna have, but I think a, a few guys will come to Golden State. Um, not necessarily on a pay cut, but you may be able to get them for a little cheaper than you normally would for the simple fact that these guys know that they'll be coming in to damn near like start because Clay won't be there, obviously. And then you got the opportunity to show off what you really have. Um, I think a lot of guys, excuse me, a lot of guys will be cashing in on one-year deals this year just off the strength that it's going to go up again next year. And next year, excuse me, you don't have guys like Kevin Durant on the market, uh, hopefully. You don't have guys like Kevin Durant on the market. You don't have guys like uh, Kawhi Leonard on the market. If AD really signs with the Lakers, you don't have AD on the market next year. So there won't be super big names on the market next year. So guys who are not like really big named can cash in on one year deals this year and then come out next year and be the only free agents really out there. So I think that the Warriors will be able to get some guys. I don't know how many. Like you said, their money's not as long as they would need it to be. But um yeah, man, this is it's a unique situation for them because even if that money is the way you say that it is, they are in trouble. I agree with you in saying that Steph may be an MVP favorite for next year. Uh, solely off the strength that they ain't going to have nobody out there with him. Um, but, yeah, man, that's um, – I guess let's segue a little bit. We, we're talking about free agency. So what exactly do you think Kevin Durant's injury means for free agency? Do you think that – a lot of other guys are going to be more of the focal point of free agency, or do you think that these, like all of these teams, will still be attacking Kevin Durant? I think everybody who wanted KD is still be trying to get him. Um, but the injury definitely hurts teams like New York, and it hurts players like Kyrie Irving because a majority of everybody who was going to interview him didn't want him alone. They wanted him and KD or him and Kawhi. Like, they didn't want just Kyrie. So, now I'm not even sure what happens with him considering that now KD might not even be on the market anymore because people aren't going to jump at Kyrie because we already know he's not going to move the needle with just him by itself. Yeah, I uh, I think that it, it affects um... – certain teams a little more than others, but a lot of people are saying that they think that this affects the Knicks more than anybody. And I'm one of those people that actually, I don't feel that way. I feel like obviously if Katie was healthy, the Knicks had an, a great opportunity to bring Katie and Kyrie in, and it was going to be a great situation. But I think if you're the Knicks, this kind of benefits you in a way uh, if you even if you are able to bring in a KD, then you're in a good position because I feel like you got a guy in RJ Barrett 
who can basically have a year to show exactly what he's capable of. And I think that he's going to make the most of that. I think he's a guy that's definitely going to benefit from being in New York. Um, And like I said, for New York, I think that that helps you a bit with this KD injury because you didn't necessarily know how next year was going to go with R.J. Barrett coming in as the number three overall pick and immediately having to become a guy that defers to Kevin Durant. Not to say that that's a bad thing because it's Kevin Durant. Anybody in the NBA at this point is going to have to defer to a Kevin Durant. But with that being said, it would have been hard for R.J. to learn a specific role in the NBA because even if they were to pull in Kevin Durant, I think it's safe to say that R.J. Barrett is going to be the future of the Knicks with or without KD. Granted, right now it's going to be KD, but if we're looking in about three or four years, I think that they'll be looking for R.J. Barrett to be that guy. And I think this year, with KD being hurt, gives you a better opportunity at doing that. Not to say that one year is going to make him, oh, he's the face of the franchise. Like I don't think that, but I think it helps him get better acclimated to the NBA for one. For two, it slows down the process a little bit. You don't have to rush to get to where you're going to be as a player. If you're playing along Kevin Durant, people are going to immediately expect you to be what they need you to be right then. Just off the strength of the Knicks haven't been good in a long time. You bring in a healthy Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving, R.J. Bear is going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be the third guy. He's going to have to be the, the third part of that big three which I think might have been a little too much for him in his first year. I think he's going to come in and be a, be a stud. But I think having him come in that first year and play alongside two powerhouses like that, I, I feel like that's a little intimidating for a rookie, especially if you're in that Eastern Conference. Because let's say Kawhi leaves and you bring in Kyrie and KD healthy. That Knicks team is automatically going to become the favorite to win the East. So now – you're going to have to hold that weight. We know those two guys are going to do what they do, but you also have to hold your part because, I mean, let's just be honest, what the NBA has been, you've needed that entire big three to be who they are in order for your team to be successful. So, like I said, I think that this is actually beneficial for the Knicks. I think they still have a, a opportunity to bring KD in. Um, I think now more than ever, you've got an opportunity to bring K- – more of an opportunity to bring KD in because I felt like before – yeah, um, you had the opportunity to bring him and Kyrie in, but there were also other teams out there that were looking to do the same thing that you were doing. Now with KD being hurt, it's looking like all signs are pointing to Kyrie going to Brooklyn. Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, KD's sitting out there by himself. You got the opportunity to snag him. Because, I mean, I can't think of many other teams that were looking to bring in just KD most people were looking to couple him with that Kyrie, not to say that they won't accept KD by himself, but they were the scenario was to bring in KD and another superstar in order to get them to where they needed to be. And I mean, you look at look at how everything's unfolding. You got Brooklyn out here with some money; they're looking to grab Kyrie. So I think that that pretty much solidifies that KD won't be going there. You got the Clippers who were looking to bring in possibly KD and Kyrie. Excuse me. Most signs are pointing to Kawhi going there. So now what other team do you really have sitting out there for Kevin Durant? It looks to me like nobody but the Knicks. Are, are there any other teams that you could possibly see him going to? Um, uh, I mean, there's some teams that got money to pay him, but not nobody that I really 
could see him actually going to maybe the Clippers or Philly, possibly maybe. I mean, Philly got fifty six million to play with. They yeah, the they, Clippers do too. They have fifty. That's who we always go to on the damn two K. Yeah, the the Clippers. Nah, he always go to Philly on my shit. Him, Ben Simmons, and Embiid, they be probably be problem too. Yeah, that's that's not a bad little trio right there. But I, uh, I, I mean Philly. I think Philly does have the money, but I think Philly goes more in the uh, market of trying to bring Jimmy Butler back. Um, Clippers, as I said, I believe that they'll try to do everything in their power to get Kawhi there, just yeah. because they've seen what Kawhi just did with Toronto, damn near by himself. They're itching to bring a guy like that. Like he just got them their first championship. We're looking to do the same thing. Bet that's what we at. We at his neck. So I think that all, like I said, all signs are pointing there. So I think that with the way that it's lining up, it almost looks like the Knicks are going to have Kevin Durant fall right in their lap. Not to say that they won't have competition, because I think guys will still offer KD. You but think, I think you think he would go there to the Knicks by itself, though. I think he would off the strength that they're young right now. And they grab him. I don't know what the Knicks books look like. I'm pretty sure it looks really good. They had enough money to bring him and Kyrie in. So I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant might be on on a tip of, okay, let me go to the Knicks. And next year's free agency, it's going to be some names out there. Let's, Let's try to bring somebody in with me next year and let this young talent do what they do. Let them get acclimated to the NBA. And we can make a run at it after that. So I think I definitely think Kevin Durant would like to be in New York, especially since it's a big market. It's the Mecca. Who would not want to play at Madison Square Garden? And I think Kevin Durant's a guy that's like, at this point, we've already shown, we've already seen that Kevin Durant cares a bit about what people think. I think this is his opportunity from his standpoint, not to me, because I don't think that he needs to do this at all. But I think that this will be his best chance at trying to get those people to feel like, oh, he not out. He don't need nobody else to win a ring. Like he, like this can be his uh, LeBron and Cavs moment. Go to New York, do something that hasn't been done in an extremely long time. I think that that, that will benefit Kevin Durant. And it's already been said that he's been uh, in New York doing some marketing and all of that stuff So uh, with his businesses and whatnot. So... I think that, I mean, it, it fits you. Build your brand even more going to New York. You're the face of the franchise. You don't got to worry about none of that bullshit. Take your time. Get yourself together because the Knicks aren't in a hurry <laughs> to win a championship. Obviously, they want to, but they want you to be healthy more than anything, the fan base and all of that. So I think that it's a win for KD and the Knicks if he goes there. I agree. But I, I just, I just think that, that Knicks roster is just so unappealing. It's man. it's it's extremely shaky. But I think RJ Barrett has an extremely good opportunity to show KD. You ain't make no mistake, bro. I'm with you. We're gonna we're gonna make this shake, and I think he's going to. Um, we're actually gonna touch on that a little bit later as far as uh the draft, the draft, and rookies and all of that. But um, we pretty much just said I believe Kawhi's gonna land with the Clippers. Where do you think he goes? I think that I'll I'll take that back because I'm not even necessarily, uh, I I don't necessarily believe that he does not go back to Toronto. Yeah, I I think that I think that he has to sign at least a one plus one with with Toronto, bro. I don't think there's any way in hell that you leave all that money on the table 
and all the all the just oh my god, it's just I. Mm-mm-mm. I don't. I think if you sign with Toronto, you don't do no one plus one. You get that. You get all of the bread that they're gonna give you right now because you don't want to risk an injury. But you don't want to. You don't want to end up ultimately ending up having to force yourself back out of another team though. Because that's only, very true. He only twenty seven, so I, I think five years in Toronto would be a little long. It would. That's why I feel like if you go to Toronto, that's got to be where you want to be. You can't. You can't if you want to be in LA. This is your opportunity. You go now. But why not you do, get up out of there? Why not do like a one plus one capital? Because if you get hurt, but you're risking injury instead it, of getting your money right now. If they get you, can get your money right now. Let's get your money right now. You have probably the highest stock out of anybody in free agency right now. The chances of you coming back next year and still being the most highly touted free agent, they're not. Slim, but they're. I don't. I like your chances of getting your money right now. Just off the strength, we've seen what happens with these guys. And not to say Kawhi's injury prone because I don't believe that he he is. But he's had injuries in the past, and I don't want anything else to happen. Like if you go to Toronto, you go back to Toronto, you sign your one plus one. Yeah, you in the same situation that you was in last year. You, you're still somewhat the favorite to come out the East, but. I I don't like that for him. Like I said, if you want to be in L.A., this is your opportunity to go because I, f- I, I don't think that the Clippers wait for you next year to become a free agent. I don't know who else is going to – like I don't know you, when your opportunity to go to L.A. is going to come again. If they can't get a Kawhi, they're immediately shifting their focus elsewhere. They're going to try to go out and grab somebody, maybe a Jimmy Butler, which I don't really think is super appealing. But they may even switch their focus. Well, let's try to go grab KD. Like, I think their focus shifts. And I think they're successful in grabbing somebody other than Kawhi if they go out, if Kawhi decides to go back to Toronto. But like I said, if you're Kawhi, you get your money now. Don't – this is – I feel like it's too risky for you. Yeah, I feel that. I can feel – Go get your money. I definitely feel that. But I just feel like there's so much off-the-court money to be made in Canada right now for Kawhi Leonard. And that's that's the thing with me, man. Like, I I can I can, can, I can completely understand you wanting to go back home or you not necessarily loving Toronto or not wanting to be there. But goodness gracious, like you, you've, you've been saying this for a long time. That market in Toronto is like no other. Exactly. You don't have a state. You have a country. Not only do you have a country, you have <laughs> you have the opportunity to take over that country and make more money there than anywhere Bro, else. He's in a position to where he could ultimately be running for office out that bitch. You know, point, bro. Like, you know, he won their first title for them, bro. Like we see, Vince Carter ain't really. He low key ain't do shit in his career compared to Kawhi already. Right and. and He's Vince, a god, a god in Canada, bro. Like Kawhi Leonard is tripping, I think, for leaving Toronto, man. I think that that is like it's a gold mine for him right now. He got a dude offering to pay him his whole five year salary up front if he's right. Toronto, bro. <laughs> right. And they offered this man free food for life in the city. Yeah, I saw that, bro. Like, the, the shit is crazy. Like, the perks that he would be getting just to sign back there would be 
That's crazy. So I, I, I understand it from a money standpoint. I don't think that you turn that down. And I mean, I also understand it from an emotional standpoint. If you, if this is a situation that you, or if this is a decision that you're making completely without money in your mind, then I, I feel it. Go, go home. If that's where you want to be. Be go where you're going to be happy. You know what the but, biggest thing? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I don't. I wasn't gonna say much. I was just gonna say if you're gonna if you want to go home, go home now. But to me, that basically shows that you're basically cutting your losses. Like, Bro, if I was, I'm just I, I'm just worried about being happy right now. I don't really care about making money, and I don't necessarily care about being in a position to chase another ring. Because if you go to <laughs> if you go to the Clippers right now. Bro, that that West is still a monster. Even yeah. though Golden State is down, you're still gonna have a, a a steep hill to climb. If I was New Balance, bro, I will offer this man a, a, a um, lifetime contract or a bonus or something to stay in Toronto for signing Toronto. Like, bro, do you know how crazy New Balance is gonna be in Toronto if saying, you come like, there? Canada I'm and sure Canada, period. J- I'm sure they wear Jays there and and Nikes and shit. But bro, if their guy got his own shoe on their team and he winning championships, that shoe is going to be whammy. That that brand mm-hmm. new he has an opportunity to literally carry new balance. Like somewhat <laughs> how Jordan had Nike on his back. Yeah. Back in the day, bro. Cause like they're it, like it's a, they're just different. They was wearing the Vince Carters back then and them shits was just Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I, I don't. I feel like you at least do a one. The reason I would do more than a one plus one, but I was saying that because that's the bare minimum. I think yeah. you at least got to take advantage of a year of that bread, don't you? Like it's just not a smart business decision to leave that out there. Yeah, I think from a business standpoint, you got to like that's got to be number one in your mind right now. I feel like the Clippers going to have to come with a hell of a pitch to change my mind if I'm Kawhi. Yeah, because his brand's still going to follow him somewhat. But, bro, you're dealing with a whole country over there. This is going to be like you being LeBron in fucking Canada, bro. Like, you're and, you're their guy. You're, you see how they was acting in the finals, bro? That's why I just – I think that this is just – the only way that you make a decision not to go back to Toronto is if you're making it not about basketball because or not about money yeah it's gotta be straight about this is what makes me happy this is where i want to be because you've got the perfect situation as far as your team is concerned you're bringing back everybody that you got you know if you come back danny green's gonna come back he's he's he gonna come said, back he said and, the club. yeah so you got that going then on top of that like we're already discussing you have the opportunity to make more money here in Toronto than you will make anywhere else in your career. Like this, that going to going back to Toronto is going to do so much for him as an individual more than it would more than anywhere else in the NBA will do for him in his entire career. I just don't even see it being remotely close. You coming in when the chip for them first year there. Yeah. It's a storybook ending, man. I, I just feel like, if he doesn't win the championship, I don't think this is that tough of a decision. Yeah, there will still be money there for him. But winning the championship, it just changes everything. It's crazy because I looked at it from both points of view. I'm like, yeah, winning that championship kind of made it seem like he got to stay. But then winning that championship kind of made it, made it look like, nigga, I don't got to stay. Yeah, he did what he I did. What, exactly. I did what nobody else was able to do for you guys. So I feel like it's a hard decision when you look at it from 
uh, I guess a non-monetary standpoint and a, a non-basketball standpoint or a non-contending standpoint, should I say? Um, I just don't know because I mean, if you go to the Clippers and you try to come up with another reason outside of this is just where I want to be. The only thing that you can say is I'm just going to be, this is going to be all me, the face of the franchise. You're that in Toronto already. Granted, you got young guys like Siakam and uh, Van Vliet that are good, but they're nowhere near the face of the franchise. So I just, I don't, I really, LA has nothing to offer that Toronto can't outside of it's his home. That's it. That's that's their whole pitch. And that's not even I don't feel like that's enough off the strength that LA is not gonna be your city. Right. You got LeBron and Anthony Davis at with the big brother team. And you are basically gonna be playing second fiddle to that as opposed to having an entire country. I don't like I just don't get it. You're are you really going to go somewhere where you're gonna split the state? Not even down the middle because it's nowhere near a L.A. Clippers state. It's either the Lakers or Golden State. Like Those are the two fan bases that are huge down there. I just don't think that if you go to the Clippers, it's going to change anything about that. I just I don't know, but I feel like we talked about Kawhi long enough. Let's touch on AD real quick, man. As everybody has seen, he has been traded to my Lakers. Was this the right time? I think so, um, especially from the Pelican side. You don't you don't want to go into this season still having that clout hanging over your head. So yeah, I, I think it was the right time for sure. I think it was the right time for the Pelicans most definitely because they got so much out of this trade. You look down and look at your paper with all of the stuff that they got out of this trade. It was crazy. Now. For the Lakers, I don't believe it was necessarily uh, the right time as far as date-wise. I feel like the moment itself was the right time because this is your opportunity. You got the number four pick. Excuse me. That's the most leverage you're going to have on these guys. They've obviously shown that they don't want anything on your roster. You can throw anything together, and they don't want that on your roster. But you throw in that number four pick, shit changed, obviously. But if you're the Lakers, I think that you try to find a way to hold out. Off the strength that we've already seen that now they're trying to clear their books to try to get another max contract, which is going to be hard. But if this – I feel like you propose this trade – but you propose to trade with the, I guess, with something written to say that we don't finalize this trade until this date. Off the strength that, you know, this is what we're going to want to do in free agency. And I think if you're the Pelicans, I don't think the Pelicans would have been, the Pelicans would be like, fuck no. We're going to do it this date. And that's just that. Just because it's already been shown that they hate, their front office hates the Lakers. They didn't want to do everything. Their power not to get Anthony Davis to go there. But, it, I mean, they raped L.A., so they, it happened in return. But I think if you're the Lakers, you try to hold off a little longer, and now you're in a position where you don't have to fight and don't have to basically diminish your whole roster. I'm hurt personally. I've been saying this for years and years and years. You can go back and pull up old tweets, old Facebook posts. I said 
even before LeBron came to LA, I said the only two players I really want in LA are Anthony Davis and Paul George. I don't care what has to happen, but we got to get these niggas to LA. I was more adamant about Anthony Davis than I was Paul George. And now that it's happened, I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah, I wanted him, but at what cost? Did I really want him at this cost? Because now we've got LeBron. We've got Anthony Davis. We've got Cal Kuzma. We have nothing else. We can't put a <laughs> we can't put a team on the floor with only six, seven rotation players that are actually going to give us an opportunity to win a championship. I think now we're in a position where we're really going to have to make smart decisions as far as divvying up this money. And judging by the way that shit is being talked about, it doesn't look like we're trying to do that. It looks like we're trying to get get enough money, dump two more contracts of players that we're probably going to need next year to be rotation players. Obviously, they won't be focal points of the team at all but we need to fill out this roster and if we get another super max slot that means we're trying to offer that super max or that uh not super max that other max to a player one player so that's going to leave us with a big three and a roster full of veteran minimums that's not going to get the job done and i don't like i said i'm skeptical because i feel like we sold our soul to get Anthony Davis. And I wanted him, but I don't think I wanted him at this cost, man. This cost a lot. I think I think you're in a much better position if somehow you trade them Kyle Kuzma, keep Brandon Ingram. Then you've already got your big three somewhat, and then you can divvy up the rest of that money and just bring in role players. But I think if you've got Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, that's not an appealing big three because me and you have already said this. Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma are essentially the same guy. Anthony That's, Davis is just way better. Exactly. So what what are you really gaining from keeping a Kyle Kuzma? I think he was your ultimate trade bait. I think if you trade Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, number four pick, that's enough. I think you might even be able to hold on to Josh Hart, which is another guy that could still be in the rotation. But – I just don't I don't think that keeping Kyle Kuzma helped the Lakers out any. I just I don't know, but let's look at the other side, man. How does this shape the future for the Pelicans? As far as I'm concerned, they look great. Yeah, I think they got a decent little team. They look great. Like this is a team that this year they're gonna go out there and they're not obviously not gonna compete for a championship this year, but they're gonna be a fun team to watch. They're going to have a nice fan base. They're going to be seats filled just off the strength of that guy Zion down there. And, excuse me, now you bring in a guy like Lonzo Ball, that's automatically going to bring more uh, attention just because it's Lonzo, and we already know what comes with Lonzo. And you got a guy like Brandon Ingram who ended the season on an extreme high last year. He was playing his best basketball of his young career at the end of the season. So you bring in a guy like that that's like, now he feel like he got something to prove because he balled out for the Lakers and they still traded him. So now he got a chip on his shoulder. I think if Brandon Ingram stays healthy this year, we see a, a D'Angelo Russell type season out of him. Just off the strength that he's going to be on that same tip that D'Angelo Russell was on. Like, fuck all that. I'm I'm that nigga. And I think that Brandon Ingram is. I think that he's everything that he's cracked up to be. I just think it's going to take a little more time and the Lakers weren't patient enough. 
think next year we'll see him take that extra leap to become a more consistent offensively. And if we're being honest, man, this going to be a nice defensive ball club. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, good defender. Drew, Drew Holiday, good defender. Brandon yeah. Ingram, good defender. Zion, we haven't seen him yet, but off of what we've seen thus far, he's going to be a good defender. Then they went out and got the Jackson Hayes guy, another good defender in the draft. So it looks like they pretty much have a vision for where they want this team to go. And not to mention, they also got Julius Randle coming off the pine. And he's a guy that gives you versatility on defense. He might not be the best defensively, but he's got versatility. He got a, I think that they'll bring him back. You think so? Yeah, I think they'll bring him back. It won't be worth a lot of money, but they'll bring him back because he's still uh, – he still doesn't, isn't he still under the option though? No, nah, he unrestricted. He unrestricted. I think that they'll bring him back, but I don't think that his money. I don't know. It depends. There's some teams out there that I feel like could throw a little money at him. And they but got they got Nikhil Alexander Walker too. They did. They did. I forgot about that. They also got that, and they got Jaleel Okafor had a good season last year. I don't know if a lot of people paid attention, but Jaleel Okafor had his best season of his career last year too, and he seems to be trending upward. So that's another good thing. They've got a lot of young talent down there, man. They're starting to look a lot like the New Orleans Blue Devils, if we're being honest. <laughs> Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jaleel Okafor. Like, that. hey, it's starting to look that way. But, yeah, I, I like the way that they're looking. I think that they'll be good. Within the next few years, if they can keep this young core together, they're going to be they're, – they're going to make some noise. I think so. But – um. We already touched on, I guess, the Lakers a bit. But what do you think the Lakers do with that that money that they have left over? It's what twenty three mil. Yeah, but I think they're going to clear up some more space and trick it off. I think so too, man. <laughs> that so shit dumb. gives me a headache but just thinking I mean, about it. That's what y'all going to do, or what I think is y'all going y'all going to strike out on another big guy. I hope. That's but, our but, that, but as a Laker fan, do, that is what we're hoping for the most. Y'all and then y'all gonna settle for like Jimmy Butler or or fucking Kimba Walker. But it's not gonna be a settle because it's not like they trash, but y'all gonna pay them too much. Yeah, that's the gonna be the settle right there, is yeah. that they're gonna trick us out of our money. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's what y'all gonna do. When I think y'all should go try and get a couple pieces, maybe like JJ, try and get maybe Darren Collison, bring Rondo back. Like something, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen uh, a few things that could work out. Which, um, some some names that I think that the Lakers should go after is uh, Danny Green, a shooter. Definitely bring him in there, and he's also a defender. Um, if you can, you try to go out and get JJ Reddick. You sign him to maybe a one, maybe a two year deal. Um, not for much money because he is getting up in age. You also go out and look at a guy. Uh, I've seen when I first heard these names initially, I'm like, you know, like, nah. Then the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh, no, that's not a bad idea. Uh, the name Austin Rivers was floating around. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad if we went out and grabbed him. Patrick Beverly, that's, that's another cool. one. And he wouldn't have to move. He would still be in L.A. Um I already said JJ. I think that would be cool. But the 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 stuff that's heating up now is D'Angelo Russell. I've heard D'Angelo Russell's name being thrown out. Now, we already know the whole backstory on D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers, man. 
I'm not necessarily against bringing him back now. I think that he's mature. I think that he's learned his lesson. But the biggest thing here is that the Lakers do not overpay for D'Angelo Russell because this is D'Angelo Russell's time to strike as far as the market is concerned because of what he did last year. He had an all-star year. There are going to be some teams that are willing to you know, put out some nice bread for him this year. It's a little, it's a little tweak for D'Angelo Russell though, because yeah. I, I don't. Th- he's restricted, so I don't think that they let y'all get him unless they get Kyrie. I think, that's and that's the that's play. the thing. I think that's the thing. I think that Kyrie is pretty much solidified to go to Brooklyn. You I don't think, think so? that. I think it's 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 penciled in. I think all signs point to him going there. I don't. Th- I don't see anybody else. Uh, remotely close to Brooklyn as far as pulling in Kyrie. So I think that's. Kyrie's going to go there, and I think that they'll make him unrestricted. And the thing now is what – it's. I feel like if it becomes – if he becomes unrestricted, that's uh, that works in D'Angelo Russell's favor. Off the strength that he can go wherever he wants. And there are going to be a lot of teams, like I said, that want D'Angelo Russell. It's already been shown that the Timberwolves are recruiting him. Carl Anthony Towns wants him there a lot. Um, outside of that, you also got your teams like the Clippers, who, like I said, I think that they'll pull in Kawhi. They'll also have enough money to go out and grab a D'Angelo Russell. What better way to get back at the Lakers than being able to play them multiple times in the year <laughs> in the opposite uniform? I think that that would benefit him a little bit. But if you're the Lakers, I feel like you try to make a play at him just to show him, hey, no hard feelings here. Um we can definitely, you know, use you. I feel like you would be an extreme asset. You could be that third piece to our big three. But you don't obviously don't max him out. Then you got enough money to go out and get some other pieces around, depending on what you can get him for. Now, thing that's been trending a lot on social media is that D'Angelo Russell, when he was with the Lakers, was asked his ultimate starting five that he would like to play with. Anthony Davis and LeBron James were both in that starting five. Uh, he said Bill Russell, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and himself. You got your big three. Anthony Davis, LeBron, D'Angelo Russell. It's just that do you really feel like L.A. is where you want to do it at? And do you really want to make your ultimate big three right now? So I don't know. I feel like. That's definitely interesting, but I don't know what. What do you think works out best for him for D'Angelo Russell? I don't think I don't think going back to L.A. would be best for him, just for the simple fact of how y'all did him. I, would, I think going to L.A. would maybe not the Lakers. Yeah, though. yeah, not the Lakers because I mean they didn't. It's want a lot to hash know. out there with with uh, Laker fans too. Yeah, and they didn't want you no more, and it's too soon, and it's a lot of pressure on you. Now, like now, all of a sudden, you want me because I went crazy. Now you're like, "Ooh, we should never, we should have never traded." Come back, come back. like, nah, yeah. bro. I think it looks that way. I think that that. Uh, I feel like if you D'Angelo Russell, you look at it from that st- that standpoint, you make him pay an arm and a leg. If they're mm-hmm. gonna come now, okay, well, this Cash is how much I out. want. Exactly, I want it all. I want all the bread, and I feel like that's the way you combat that. But what also to go along with that. If you're D'Angelo Russell, like I said, there's a lot of pressure to come with that because Laker fans still remember what happened with you and Swaggy. So they automatically don't feel that great about you. 
And now it's like, okay, if we spent money on him, basically the only way they're going to forget what you did or forget, you know, your year, your early years in L.A. is if you come in there and ball. You got to make them forget it. So I feel like it's pressure on you now to come in and be, you know, who you were last year, if not more. If we don't win a championship and we bring in D'Angelo Russell, it's going to be because of D'Angelo Russell. It's not going to be because of LeBron. It's not going to be because of Anthony Davis. It's going to be because of D'Angelo Russell. I knew we shouldn't have brought his ass back. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Where else can you see him fitting though? I like. I, I, know, I didn't know that uh, they wanted him in Minnesota. I like that. I like him. Carl Anthony Towns has been recruiting him heavy. I like them together. I think that'll be dope. I think that could bring the best out of Wiggins. I think so too. I think Wiggins. I think we just was wrong about who he was, I, and that's why I think we think he's shitty. He's not shitty. Man. I don't think he's shitty. I just think that he's who he is. Yeah, we we thought he was going to be somebody more than what we he expected is. more. But he he's a decent player. I think he still could be more consistent defensively. But I think once he starts playing winning basketball, I think that'll come. I think I think the getting lost and shit comes out of out just like man. He just kind of don't know how what it takes to actually win on a consistent level. Once they start doing it, I think they'll get used to it. I, I think I think that could be good for them. Yeah, I, I like D'Angelo Russell there. Uh, when I when the story leaked, um, I was like, Ooh. "What about Dallas? Nah, you don't like him with Porzingis and Luca? Nah, oh, I think they need to get somebody. They got forty seven mil. They need to bring somebody in. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Kimba there." Or uh, Jimmy, I think Jimmy Butler would be cool there. Too. I was gonna say Jimmy. I think Jimmy Butler would would be good there. Man, they need to get somebody. Dallas do, cause yeah, I feel like you're in a you're in a prime position right now. If you're Dallas, you got Porzingis coming back off his injury. You got Luca coming off of a rookie of the year season, to where he basically showed you like he's that guy. So now, what better way? to compliment those two guys and to go out and get you another big piece to, you know, start your big three. Or Tobias Harris? Nah. nah, I don't like that. Nah, I don't either. Nah. (laughs) I think it's some some solid guys out there that can make a play for, but um, I don't know. I I think Jimmy Butler, to me, would probably be the most ideal. Al Horford Um, looked like a maverick, too. Yeah, but I don't think Al Horford gives them opportunity to get much better than they already were. No, but I I, I don't know where I think Al Horford going to end up. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too. Uh it seems to seems to be that he's leaving Boston. There has there were talks that he just opted out of that player option because he wanted to, you know, get a a bigger deal with Boston. But they said that those trade to or those contract talks stalled. They came to an end. No, they didn't stall. They came to an end. Um so Excuse me. With that being said, it looks like his sights are set elsewhere. I don't know where Al Horford is going to go. That's going to pay him a lot of money. Um, I actually think if the Clippers can pull in Kawhi, adding Al Horford would be cool. But I think Al Horford's one of those guys that's going to have to be in addition to. He can't be like on the market like nigga. I want the big bread. He's nah. tripping. If he went to Big Bread, ain't nobody getting me. Exactly. Like, no, you're going to find yourself think, back in Boston for le- for less than what they was going to pay you off buck. He made it what? Didn't he make like 13 mil last year? Yeah. I think that's about right for him. 
Yeah, he hasn't his play hasn't shown that he deserves more. I mean, he's a decent player. He definitely can help a championship caliber team. What if he uh what if he go to Brooklyn with Kyrie? I don't like him with Kyrie. Just because like I, I think Kyrie needs to be around a faster paced team. I don't think he could play with those uh with those those slow it down bigs. I, I think what I don't think Kyrie could play in a slower system for real. What if Al Horford goes to Houston? Houston would be cool. They need something like that, but they too fast-paced for that nigga too, bro. Yeah, they're going to have to tweak their scheme a little yeah. bit, which we already know is not going to happen. Um, This is not really one of our topics, but this is definitely something that I wanted to talk about. What the fuck do you think about Houston making Clint Capella available and all of that stuff? Like, they I and feel the like Chris Paul beef, Chris Paul and James Harden shit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to touch on that next, but Clinton Capella, like, I feel like he's a guy that you don't necessarily want to ruffle his feathers too much. Like, is they're being blatant with the fact that they want to get rid of him. Like, it's looking like he – anything that they're talking about as far as trade is involving Clinton Capella. Yeah, I see um, you said about him going to Boston. I think that's disrespectful. Yeah, and I feel like they're trying to deflect who really is the problem, which is Dan <laughs> Right. And then – uh. Maury for paying Chris Paul that money. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and jump straight into it, man. This this Chris Paul and James Harden beef, what do you make of it? Do you think that it's true? Yeah, I think it's true for sure. Um, for those who don't know, our listeners who don't know, the beef that's going on is that uh, <laughs> was it Chris Paul that said uh, trade me? That he wanted to be traded. Yeah, Chris Paul and then and, and James Harden said he got they got it. So they hammer me. And then um, another report had came out that uh, they reportedly wasn't speaking to each other for about two months during the season too. Yeah, and one of the one of the uh, <laughs> one of the videos that went viral that's still being played everywhere is when James Harden smacked Chris Paul's hand out of his face when he tried to give him a pound. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me doesn't. I mean. It was alarming at the time, and it's still alarming now. Like, I understand getting upset, but as a teammate, me being a basketball player, I'm not going to get as upset. If it's a if it's somebody that I really rock with, like somebody that I'm cool with, I don't even, it don't even got to be my main homie. But if somebody that I'm cool with that's on the same team as me, I'm not going to get mad enough to where I'm going to smack their hand out my face. Like, I might be on some, nah, bro, like, nah. But I'm not going to smack. Like, that was, <laughs> that was one of them, like, nigga, I don't fuck with you. Get out of my face. Like, he really don't like Chris Paul. That's how I took it. But initially, I was like, oh, they'll probably get over it. They're both mature adults. Chris Paul's too old to be <laughs> in some beef like that. Apparently not. Um, I think that that shit is true. I think that if they decide to bring both guys back next year, we'll be seeing a trade before the season ends, yeah, before the trade deadline. They said it's unsalvageable, man. I mean... Chris Paul doesn't like the way he's being used in that offense. I mean, his usage rate is way, 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 way down. That's a fact. This year, he was tied for 55th in the league. He tied with Buddy Hill for usage rate. So, he's, yeah, he's he's not being used very much. He's doing a lot of standing. And then in the, in the times when he is allowed to run the offense, James Harden just kind of stands around and doesn't give him any effort. So, it's like – 
the offense, of course, isn't working because it's five and four. Mm-hmm. And Harden just chilling. So, like, he, he just isn't in a very good position to succeed. I think Chris Paul gave it his all in that role last year, and it didn't work. And then he he did it again this year, and it wasn't working. And it, and then it, in the playoffs, it didn't work at all. So I mean, I, I think that that's ultimately what the problem is. And I also, I think that he's kind of blaming James Harden when his real issue was with Dan Tony. His real issue was with Dan Tony, but he's mad that Dan Tony got James Harden doing all the ball handling. So he think he kind of he kind of think he mad at James Harden, but really. It's, it's Dan the Tony. root of the issue is Dan Tony. Yeah, that, that's how I that's how I'm seeing it, because I mean it all it's all stemming from Chris Paul, not really being getting to be who he really is. Yeah, I, I think that that's the case as well. And we saw this year, like I saw a whole bunch of Rockets fans basically saying it's Chris Paul's fault. We ain't we ain't winning this. We ain't do this and. He ain't show up. It wasn't that he didn't show up. It's exactly what Sam just said, his usage rate. When you have a player like that, I mean, look no further than the Golden State series. Like, they didn't utilize Chris Paul. Like, the way that they used Chris Paul last year in the playoffs is how they should have used him this year. They didn't use him as much. And a lot of people thought that that was because Chris Paul's up in age. Yes, Chris Paul's getting older, but Chris Paul still got some something left in the tank. I don't think that you hold a guy out the way that they did Chris Paul throughout the year. Like they rested Chris Paul in a few instances this year throughout the regular season just to get to the playoffs and not use him. That don't make much sense to me. So I think that it's in his best interest to get up out of there. But I mean, <laughs> Houston and dug themselves a hole to where it's not going to be many teams that's taking on that contract. Nobody is. I don't. I can't think of anybody that would. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Houston does in that situation, but yeah, they're definitely in trouble. But let's uh, let's try to wrap this up a little bit, man. NBA awards were last night. Um, we saw Giannis bring home the MVP. We saw some other awards. Were there any awards that you did not agree with last night? Um. Nah, I, I think everything was cool. One thing I did want to say was that, man, that was a terrible field for six man of the year, wasn't it? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I felt like Lou will, <laughs> like they shouldn't even have anybody nominated. They should nah. say at the end of the year, Lou will you wins. Like Montrez. it was him and Montrez Harrell were on the same team, right? So how the hell? Like they what both the six fuck, men? right? <laughs> right? How the hell? Both of them can't be six men. And, so and then Demontis Sabonis. I mean, not saying he's not good, but I mean Sabonis. Six, Sabonis was cool, but Sabonis don't strike you as a six man. Six of the man year. of the year. That's what I'm. He saying. stands out. Six man of the year is a nigga that's like, damn, he need to be starting. starting. Right. You don't get that from Sabonis. I guess nobody off the bench was really balling this year. It's crazy. Yeah, I felt like they kind of had to rush that together. They just threw some shit together. Do you agree with Luca winning a Rookie of the Year over Trey Young? Because I, I saw a lot of people that did it. <laughs> a lot of people that didn't. Yeah, I saw a lot of people that were saying Trey Young got snubbed. He should have won. Look at the numbers. Da, 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 da. Snubbed. I had him third. <laughs> <laughs> Who you have second? Aiden. He averaged a double double. Yeah, Aiden. Aiden looked pretty good down there in Phoenix. I think Trey Young was still second, but I don't think that the first place, <laughs> the first place votes were even close. I mean, it showed. Uh, 
I can't remember how many they said, but I think that it was pretty much uh, heavily toward. He should have been unanimous. Luka. Yeah, like I felt like Luca's year this year was like I don't think anybody had anything remotely close. This was one of the best rookie years that we had seen in a while. We was comparing it to Bron's rookie year. We had a we had a topic on the show where we because people was talking all week about Luca's mm-hmm. rookie year being better. We had to put that to bed, but still the conversation existed. That's the type of yeah. rookie year he had. Exactly, and I, I don't know. I, I I thought that that was fine. Um, Already said Lou Will won six man of the year. Uh, I thought defensive player of the year was a little interesting. Uh, Rudy Gobert became the first back-to-back winner since uh, Kawhi did it. Um, I don't necessarily want to say that I don't think he should have gotten it, but excuse me, it wouldn't have surprised me if Paul George would have won that award. Paul George had a phenomenal year defensively this year. Um, MVP, I felt like it was what it should have been. Giannis definitely deserved the MVP. Uh his speech was beautiful by the way too. Um definitely a a, a heartfelt speech. He shouted out his father who's no longer with him anymore and he said that's basically been his strength on the court whenever he don't feel like playing, whenever he just is not in it, he thinks about his dad and it gives him an extra boost of energy. It was dope. But um yeah man, awards as a whole last night. I felt like they were pretty uh Pretty pretty balanced. Like, it was exactly how I thought it was going to turn out. Um, before we get out of here, man, the draft happened as well. Um, I guess, are there any players that you felt like that were taken that could possibly be a bust that may not have, that should not have gone as high as they did? or guys who you think should have gone a little higher? Who are your sleepers of the draft and your busts of the draft? Um, Matter of fact, I won't even go sleeper and bust. What's your, who do you think, what do you think your best pick of the draft was and your worst pick of the draft? I think the best pick of the draft was all the way down at 29. Mm. Spurs draft Keldon Johnson. I think that that was like an ideal situation for him to fall into. I think he's going to be great in the Popovich system. Um, Combo guard could shoot it. You could put him in the pick and roll. He could play the one or the two. I think think he's going to be a special spur. I don't know how soon, though. I I think he has the potential to be good right away, but I don't know that he necessarily will. I, it, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like him falling to the Spurs, though. I hope they keep him. Yeah, that. I think, I think his situation is ideal for the simple fact that um, it's. He, I think he does fit a Popovich system, and like you said, it might not be right away. But he's in a position to where it doesn't have to be right away. Off the strength that he still got Lamarcus Aldridge down there, and Pop's system isn't like. If you're not having your best year, not playing your best basketball, his system helps mask that a little bit. And I think that that'll happen this year. I think that it'll bring him to a different level of basketball as far as his uh, mental level is concerned. Playing in pop system, you've got to be smart. And I think it's going to help him see the game from a different perspective that's going to help speed up his process. Yeah. So I think I think that was a good one too. If you could pick any pick or if you have any at all, 
who would you say was not that good of a pick? Um, I'm gonna go with the Wizards picking Rui <laughs> Hachimura. I like really. I think he's a good player, but I just feel like the will the Wizards needed something else besides that, didn't they? Like, you don't feel like they could have did better with a Cam Reddish, or I wouldn't even have been mad at them taking like like Cam Johnson or so. They need some offense, though. Like. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird pick for the Wizards. I don't think it was too high for him or anything like that. Like, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I just think that was a weird pick for Washington. I I thought they would go somewhere different with that pick. Yeah, I mean, don't they still got Otto Porter? I mean, yeah, they got Otto Porter and uh, uh, what's the other dude? The lefty from Kansas. Nah, he gone. He is yeah, Oubre in uh, Phoenix now. He is? Yeah. Goodness, I can't even tell you the last time I seen Phoenix. <laughs> um, I think for me, uh, it's kind of hard. Um, I will say my favorite pick of the draft was probably Boston selecting Romeo Langford. Um, mostly because the position that they're in, it basically shows that they're looking to move forward. I think that they're pretty much solidifying, okay, Kyrie's not going to be here next year. We might not even have Terry Rozier next year. Um, They went out and got loaded at the point guard slot. They grabbed him. Um, Who else did they grab? They grabbed somebody else, another – Carson Edwards. Yeah, Carson Edwards as well. So uh, I think that they they pretty much – they did their thing with their – with their picks. But like I said, I think Romeo Langford is a guy that's like, I think he's a guy that's going to come into the NBA and be really good. Who you think had the best draft as a team? Oh, I don't even think that that's remotely close. Um, Atlanta. Yeah. That's what I was about to say too. I think Atlanta had a great draft. I I think Boston was right there, but I think Atlanta, I think Boston had a good draft, but I think Atlanta got better as a team through the draft if that makes sense. Like, Boston's in the situation now where they're going to lose players in free agency, and they did a good job of trying to combat that a little bit. But Atlanta made draft picks that made them a better team. Do you know how scary they're going to be defensively now? Cam Reddish. um, Who else? uh, Which McCulloch's there already? Um, Collins. Then they also went out and got the best defender in the draft. (laughs) <laughs> and uh old boy from Virginia, which I'm I'm still not necessarily high on him offensively. But DeAndre Hunter defensively, I feel like he's a menace and he's gonna be that. I don't know much about that herder dude though. Me neither, but they said he tough. But yeah, I've Pelicans, heard that as well. Pelicans had a nice draft too. I mean, obviously they got Zion, but then you get they got Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes too. Those two guys are gonna be some pretty good players. So, oh no, Alexander Walker went to the no, nah, yeah, yeah, he went to the Pelicans. Yeah, I I think that um, it's hard not to mention them when you mention who yeah. had a good draft because I mean obviously off yeah. yeah, and they I feel like they still got better as well, but um, I don't know who I can point to as far as my pick that I don't like. Um, I guess. It's not that I don't like the pick of Hachimura. I just don't like 
their I don't like picking him with their current roster. Yeah, I think if weird. you had a plan to get rid of some people, then obviously I think he's he's good. Like I think Hachimura is gonna be special. I think he's gonna be a very good player. But I don't necessarily know if what you got going on right now in Washington <laughs> is gonna help him become that because you already got your your drama going on with whether or not you're gonna trade John Wall or Brad Bill, what's gonna go on with that. You also got Otto Porter, which is basically going to stunt Hachimura's growth. And they're trying to play Hachimura at the four, which I guess is cool, but I, he always struck me more of a, as a three that can play the four. Me too. Not necessarily a straight-up four. So I think that that's going to – he's going to have to alter his game a little bit because he's not – He's. I feel like he's built for the NBA, but he's built for the NBA as a three. I don't think he's built as an NBA four. It's some guys that would like to have him in a post. I just, I I don't know. I like the pick, but I don't like it for their situation. I guess like I I feel like if if you got that pick, you take it. But I feel like you have to, you gotta try to make something shake before you make that pick, man. Like if that's the guy that you really want, you gotta alter, start altering your roster to try to get some pieces to help fit around him. But. I, I don't know, man. That uh, that pretty much does it for the episode, though. Was there anything else you want to say to the to the fans before we got up out of here? Uh, nah, that's it. Uh, let me see. Is there anything I wanted to say? I don't think I had anything to say either, man. Uh, appreciate y'all for for being patient, man. It was it was a little while for us to get on here, but we want to let all of this stuff unfold. Obviously, we'll be back. We'll be back soon, and hopefully, by the time we be back, it'll be some other some stuff that'll go on that'll be more telling toward free agency and all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, that pretty much does it for the episode. Signing out. It's your boy Ish. And it's your boy Sam. We appreciate y'all. We out.